Hi, I'm Sarah Trott, and welcome to the Fourth Trimester Podcast. I'm a new mama, and this podcast is all about postpartum care for the first few months following birth, the time period also known as the Fourth Trimester. My postpartum doula, Esther Gallagher, is my co-host. She's a mother, grandmother, perinatal educator, birth and postpartum care provider. Fourth Trimester Care, our topic, is about the practical, emotional, and social support parents and baby require. And importantly, it helps set the tone for the continuing journey of parenting. Hi, this is Sarah Trott. Welcome back to the Fourth Trimester Podcast. We have a special guest today, Ali Eladrisi, who I'll introduce in a moment. We have a great topic today talking about sustainability and preparing for a baby. Before we go into Ali and his background, I want to just remind everyone that the fourthtrimesterpodcast.com website is available for everyone who wants to go and sign up and join our newsletter. Please do. You'll receive something new, which we just started doing, which is a transcript download option for every episode that we have. So that's pretty new. And you can use the player directly from our site as well. So please sign up for our newsletter like us on Facebook. We'd really appreciate having you join us on our social networks. We also have Instagram. And we are asking everyone who's a regular listener to please consider signing up for a $1 donation. When And there's a link to that sponsorship option on our website. We'd be hugely grateful for that. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and introduce Ali. So Ali started a company called UpChoose. And we met him at the Birth and Baby Fair here in San Francisco. And Esther and I were walking around looking at lots of different things that, you know, that parents can can opt into from everything from clothes, from food to bottles and devices and, you know, everything under the sun. And we were drawn to to Allie because he has a really interesting company and, and we invited him to be on our program. So his company has a mission of accelerating the transition to sustainable consumption, Consumption is a really big deal for new parents, and we'll talk a lot about that. So the company is looking to activate households' role in building a healthier, safer society for all of us. Their first release is Cocoon, and it's a service offering parents with a curated set of healthful and eco-friendly baby clothing at each phase of the baby's growth. When the baby outgrows a set, parents can opt to resell it and order the next one, new or pre-loved, at a discount from another family. They keep getting beautiful and healthful clothes for their little one while reducing clutter, avoiding unnecessary spending, and helping to protect our planet at the same time. Allie is also an active early advisor of Lay Cupboard. It's a startup creating a category of preventative health care through food. And before UpChoose, he helped create and manage the impact investing team at J.P. Morgan, where he helped develop investment structures like GHIF, which is the world's first VC fund for HIV and malaria research. The Dementia Discovery Fund, which is a first-of-its-kind collaborative effort to accelerate fundamental research in dementia, and NatureVest, which is an investment fund focused on nature protection, co-developed with the Nature Conservatory. So, Ali, thank you so much for honoring us with your presence on our program. We welcome you to the show. Hi. Hi. Thank you, Sarah and Esther. I'm really thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. Ali, I'm not sure. I think you're married, right? Are you, are you, uh, no, 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 oh. I'm not. Will you marry me? <laughs> <laughs> we just had our first podcast proposal. Yeah, I, I, you're uh, my kind of guy. I'm, <laughs> I'm caught off guard. <laughs> it's mostly a joke, but uh, no, I just, I just wanted to chime in and say, uh, when I uh, ran across your booth, um, I was really, it was. Uh, there were two things at the Birth and Baby Fair that were particularly interesting to me product-wise. I'm not a product person. I try not to have products in my life, but uh, yours was certainly uh, amongst the top two. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, and it's wonderful to hear your, your sort of your business bio as well. I'm very impressed. Thank you very much. Ali, tell me why parents and why mm-hmm. sustainability? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, it's it's um, it's interesting that, um, you know, we talked about some of the projects that I worked uh, on before. And 
it actually came from from two perspectives you know one was working on 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 a number of projects that would address what i call more the the like the symptoms rather than you know the roots of of some of the challenges we have so you know whether we talk about uh you know climate change or or waste or um or or really health issues and and you know um you know issues that are related to lifestyle uh, in in many cases we don't necessarily and i think this is going to happen more and more but we don't necessarily look uh, as much into the actual root cause and the lifestyle and a lot of it has to do with consumption um and so after a while it it was sort of a realization that um you know if the lifestyle is, is causing a lot of these issues um and for sure it's been something around consumption for example that's been accelerating so so fast in the past couple of decades then you know we should look at at this in the first place and then the second reason was um you know really to to sort of understand that um you know the way our consumption model is structured today it's really around quantity and getting more and more stuff uh and it's really working more for the products rather than for the users and the idea here is to really take a step back and and sort of revisit that and ask ourselves for a number of situations what do we actually need need um and how do we also allocate our time and our resources uh in a better way um and so that led us to think about some important moments in our lives when we ask ourselves those questions uh and you know of course like becoming a parent um is one of those very critical moments and 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 you know it it it's obviously very intuitive right that you would uh you know care for um you know this new person you're bringing in, in into the world uh but data also shows that that you know it's the moment in our whole like adult life when we have the most flexibility around our habits uh especially our consumption choices so uh so that's why we really started you know to focus on that as both like a symbol of you know if we're thinking about the future and the next generation then you know we might as well start at the very beginning of that and raise the next generation with the right habits uh but also from a more you know pragmatic perspective if we if we want to change things then you know we should try to do it at the moments where we are the most likely to affect that change um and then on on sustainability what i would say uh sort of as an intro maybe remark is um uh, a lot of the time it's framed as something that we have to fix uh and so you know we have all these problems and then we have to to fix them and so the way to fix them is to choose better right it's to uh is to say you know i'm i'm not going to do this i'm going to do that instead uh and in consumption it translates into buying the right products versus the you know the toxic products for example and really the 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 thinking here is to go you know really one step beyond that and 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 sort of say it's not only about fixing what we have today it's like realizing that we can you know evolve our consumption model and not just fix it and we actually have a lot of margin to uh just design you know much better services we, we you know we have to be bold enough to to want to start you know with a blank page and like reimagine it but if we do that uh and you know we'll talk about about it in more concrete terms but if we do that then you know we can end up with uh you know the high quality premium uh you know products and without necessarily uh, being where we are today which is you know it's significantly more expensive only a, a you know a happy few category can can access it um and so that's that's really the mantra behind uh you know how we design our services is like in the first place we're thinking about you know in 10 20 years you know we will have better ways of doing a lot of these things and part of it is sustainability but you know part of it is also in our life we want to you know allocate our time also to more essential things than buying stuff um but we have to design for it ali um i wanted to back up and uh have you perhaps speak very briefly to the point that um we americans in particular uh and our children 
in particular, particularly middle and upper class Americans, uh, consume uh, some, and, and I'm sorry, I don't have the statistic in front of me, but some enormous proportion of the resources that would otherwise be allocated <laughs> um, uh, across maybe more more people across the world, um, it's some insane percentage of, 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 of resources that American children consume. Uh, I, of course, it's their parents consuming on their behalf. Um, so so exactly. I, wanted to, I wanted to make that point that, that I don't think that American parents know that the amount that they consume on behalf of their children, um, you know, the, the two points you're speaking to is just the vast quantity that exactly. we're consuming on behalf of our children is driving people around the world into poverty and simultaneously is driving the pollution, you know, the, the, the sorts of um, environmental degradation at the same time. And this is on behalf of our children, unwittingly. And I don't think that's too small a point to make, um, you know, that, that having to have a diaper genie, which is made of plastic yes. and requires plastic, uh, you know, a plastic bag to cap capture your plastic diapers is such a toxic endeavor that your children, where they have to actually live in the environment where that pollution is accruing, um, might not survive. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an extremely important point because uh, that actually comes before asking yourself, you know, what to buy. It's really the, 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 the quantity mm -hmm. part. So you might, you know, you might spend a lot of time um, sort of choosing the right product versus the wrong product. But until we tackle the point that you mentioned, which is, you know, how many things we have around and, you know, what do we do with them uh, over time? And, you know, uh, and there's some, yeah, mind boggling statistics, like, for example, you know, there's numbers showing that, uh, you know, 3.1% of the world's children live in America, but they own 40% of the toys uh, consumed globally. So there's this certainly like vast, you know, overconsumption um, that's concentrated in in the US. And that's why, you know, one of the really important aspect of, uh, of the solution is to help consumers in the first place sort of take a step back and like, understand, you know, for this or that situation, this is what you actually need. Uh, and, and that's in, 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 in my view, you know, that's a like important value uh, to start with. So, you know, even before saying, you know, this is what's organic, for example, um, you know, you want to be able to tell people for, you know, say, for example, when you're having a, a baby and, and you need clothes, um, you know, this is, you know, the, the, the essentials that will, that you'll end up using, you know, every day and, and sort of like having, uh, two or three times this amount is actually not going to have any, you know, added value apart from creating, uh, you know, potentially, you know, very negative consequences for you, even in your daily life, you know, clutter, what you do with it after, mm -hmm. uh, overspending. And so that's, that's definitely something that's important really important to embed into any service that you create. But then the other part is, um, you know, you mentioned the word like uh, not many people know, and, and it's, it's true and it's really important that we work uh, towards that knowledge and awareness. But at the same time, um, it's, it's also, you know, I even want to say sometimes more important that there's a, a, a practical solution uh, that is designed for convenience and for, um, you know, for being cost uh, effective, where people can, you know, choose that because it's better for their daily life. And then, you know, they can learn and know as they go through uh, that journey. Uh, because, of, you know, oftentimes what happens is you will put the knowledge out there, but still to act on that knowledge, you know, it's, it's extremely difficult. Um, 
And so that's where sometimes you have a lot of uh, of that gap between sort of knowing and and now I think we're at the point of time where, you know, a lot of people sort of like, you know, know or like have a sense that there's something um, not quite right, <laughs> uh, but mm-hmm. there's not a clear, you know, roadmap. You know, you t- you mentioned the word convenience and, and how by creating a model that just sort of steps in front of, in a good way, I might add, all of the sorts of decisions that parents imagine they have to be making about things like baby clothes. Yeah. How your model addresses those two layers, you know, both the decision-making process that parents would be involved in, but also sort of the education of those parents in terms of a sustainability model and an eco uh, awareness, ecological awareness. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's something, you know, that I, I, I've seen a lot, um, you know, having like, you know, my, my grand sister has like three kids, very uh, close in age and, um, and they're all like young, eight, six and, and four. And, uh, you know, that's one of the experiences through which I've seen that at some point, for example, it becomes really hard even to, to find the gift or even the parent would, would ask you, you know, please don't buy anything. Like I really don't have space anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of the things, you know, uh, next to like all the research we've done that, that shows that there's, you know, that sort of, um, issue in the first place where moms are, um, you know, really overwhelmed with, with the products they have around and too much stuff. Yeah. It's, it's too much stuff. And it happens so fast that, you know, you don't have time to, uh, to sort of, you know, master all that. And, and I, I think it's also mm-hmm. really unfair to sort of think that, uh, you know, if you're a pregnant woman or, or a mom, a new mom, you know, you, you, you'll be able to master all these things. And, and mm-hmm. so it's sort of like, seems like the general rule is that, uh, you know, moms need to figure out, um, you know, everything. And, uh, even with all the support system, with all the sort of blogs and forums, um, you know, a mom or an expecting mom is still somehow supposed to become an expert, like navigate all the facts, the trends, the ads, the marketing, uh, and still end up, you know, picking the right thing all the time. Uh, and that's a very unrealistic, you know, expectations. And even if you look only at, at clothing, uh, and how clothing had, has evolved in the past, you know, few decades, um, you know, you end up with like a v- very long um, you know, list of, of categories and, uh, and, 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 you know, it seems like every time, you know, uh, a, a mom would have to like recreate that knowledge from scratch and ask mm-hmm. like, what do I need? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what, like, what do I need at, 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 at what stage? And like, how many, you know, how many onesies are enough? How many sleep suits are enough? You know, do, have you used burp clothes or have you used wash clothes? Uh, and on and on and on. And, <laughs> <laughs> and and sort of like that gets recreated all the time um and um and that ends up in 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 confusion you know you might ask your your friends obviously or your family but they too have had to go through the same process uh so you know you have that that sort of bias there and in in many if not most cases you know it ends up in uh overspending getting things that you'll not end up using uh, really optimizing for one thing, uh, uh, you know, alone and not being able to look at everything at the same time. Um, and so when we, we really started diving into, uh, our first service, it's called cocoon. Uh, so it's cocoon by up uh, really the idea was to say, you know, instead of only helping a mom choose the right product, you know, why don't we actually go for it and, and design the whole experience? Uh, and that would be as you know much more much more valuable so what 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 you what you have now with cocoon is a service uh where you know you receive a set of uh baby clothing and accessories and it's um you know we like to say that it's at least eighty percent of what you'll actually end up using and wearing um, and that you all receive that in one uh in one set. Uh, it's delivered to your door. It's all, you know, created for the healthiest fabrics for your baby's skin. So it's all organic fabric, um, you know, no toxic chemicals, uh, ethically sourced and so forth. And then you're part of a network where, 
uh, at each phase, when, when your baby is ready to go to the next size, you can uh, resell that uh, to another family through our network. And so we organize that. Uh, and, you know, you get uh, money back from that. So that reduces the cost for you. Uh, it means that you'll have the right amount, uh, which is already a way to, uh, to sort of reduce the cost in the first place. Uh, and then, you know, uh, you, you, you don't have to keep something that your baby has outgrown. Uh, and so it saves space and, and, you know, mental space as well. Uh, and then other families can benefit from that as well. And it becomes, you know, more accessible and more convenient for everyone involved. Uh, and so it's really that idea of, um, you know, making sure that you have the right products. And, and, and to, be, to be honest, like, like the, the, the vision here is really to say having something organic should not be something that's premium, that you should pay more for. Because, you know, what that really means is that, you know, you will have to pay and sometimes like two or three times the amount. Mm -hmm. uh, for something that doesn't have, you know, harmful chemicals. And I don't think that's, you know, something that, that we can be content with, you know, like that should be a, st a minimum standard. We should not be paying more, uh, you know, it's not a premium feature not to have, you know, uh, bad chemicals in, in our products. Um, <laughs> but then really what we organize for is, uh, is that, you know, we have the, the sort of, uh, more thoughtful behaviors. Uh, so things like, you know, getting the right amount in the first place or, uh, you know, passing on and reselling uh, at the end of the cycle. And if we can do that, and by the way, why wouldn't you do that? Because, you know, you're not, you don't need those things anymore. Um, then we can, you know, we can sort of have a, a much, much better outcome, you know, which is, um, you know, reduced clutter, reduced waste, uh, better spending, and also better, uh, obviously better quality, but also better allocation of time, um, and and so that's that's really the value proposition here. I wanna I wanna add <laughs> the possibility <laughs> the possibility that um, you know not only is this just a nice simple straightforward organizing principle for parents just you know go online and click on uh you know cocoon and up choose and say okay now we've we've dialed in our our baby clothes service it's all set up for us when the time comes we'll ship stuff back and get a new get a new set yeah um but it it occurs to me that not only the convenience, but frankly, <clears throat> potentially, the, the, the more reasonable cost of all of this, in as much as you're not going out in the car, wasting gas, looking for products, um, you're not asking, you know, five different, uh, you know, Amazon Prime uh, venues to be shipping you two items uh, each, um, and wasting shipping, uh, in that sense, but also, you know, I mean, and those are the sorts of things that accrue without us actually watching it accrue, right? But the credit card bill comes and we pay it. Yeah. But it occurs to me that if we were to be looking at that cost and then of course you may have done this Ali, but I have no idea, but the difference in savings could mean a day of care of postpartum care for that mom who's given birth, um, you know, a visit to a lactation consultant when she's having difficulty breastfeeding. So to me, part of the value here is actually then having a better margin for the actual care that you will need as new parents. Now, I know, Ali, you've never been a new parent, but you have a sister who is a new parent. And while she was navigating putting diapers on and off her baby, she was also going through a physiological, emotional, and social transformation that was huge and challenging. Mm -hmm. And she might have needed family and professional support for that. And so... I'm just putting a plug in here. As Sarah knows, I always find a way to do so. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> That's why we do this. Yeah. I mean, frankly, in the fourth trimester, what's going to be way more important to new parents, even though they don't know it right now, 
is that they're going to need support and help of, of a social, emotional, um, and physiological uh, nature. And all the fancy baby clothes in the world, you know, aren't going to make a difference. And having, you know, a brand new diaper genie is not, you know, that's not going to be the thing that gets them through that. And so I'm, I'm sitting here listening to you and, and talking about your business and business model and thinking about all the side benefits, (laughs) um, which to me are directly related to a service such as this. So I want to appreciate you for that as well. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, you know, really glad that you, you know, bring this point because, you know, something that drives us very, very strongly is, um, is sort of to reclaim, you know, or to redirect resources. And, and you talk about, um, you know, monetary resources, that's, that's extremely important. Uh, there's also time, right. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, once we free up time, uh, because, you know, it's important to recognize that as, um, you know, really as a species, there are things we like to do, we've always liked to do. And and so the point here is not to say, um, you know, we should not be spending time buying things. You know, it's it's something perfectly, um, you know, normal and, and enjoyable. Uh, it's the excess of it, right, that, that becomes a, a problem. And so if we can provide... Uh, you know, a simple way where people can can you know can enjoy like choosing, uh, you know, very cute different styles of of clothing for for their little ones, um, but then they don't have to spend the you know very disproportionate amount of resources, you know, time and money uh, that we spend today, and so that frees up both uh, you know time, money, and actually even mental space. Right, mm-hmm. uh, it's a little bit different from time, but to do those things that are uh, much more, you know, essentials. It's exactly like, like, like you said, right? Like no amount of, you know, very cute clothes, you know, would, would sort of replace that. Uh, and, and that's really where we think, you know, uh, there's a, um, you know, not just a side benefit, but just some sort of like a deeper, uh, you know, effect that, uh, but needs to happen first by, uh, sort of, um, you know, unlocking that, uh, th- those like, you know, time and, and money and, and sort of mental space resources. Well, it's it's a direct benefit if parents actually have more time to sleep when their baby sleeps. <laughs> Esther and Ali, I want to share with you a little bit of my experience having recently become a new parent. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I have a, a toddler now, relatively recently. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So when I became pregnant, I was very excited for for an abundance of reasons. And one of the things I felt excited about was setting up a nursery mm-hmm. and buying things. So I'm going to put it out there. That's like probably not too uncommon for new moms to think like, oh, yay, I get to decorate and I get to prepare. And in the lack of, of having kind of thoughtful conversations about stuff in general ahead of the experience of becoming pregnant and becoming an expecting parents, what fills the gap, I think, mentally and what creates the framework is marketing. Mm-hmm. And now I'll step back and be a little more general. I'll step back away from myself. But in general, what I've seen, and I did experience this, was an absolute onslaught of emails and <laughs> um, invitations to events that are designed to sell me stuff. Um, you know, special store events or special like online invitations for buying. Once the cookies start picking up that you're looking at things like cribs online, Mm. parents just get bombarded. (laughs) And I think what's, what's unfortunate is that hundreds of millions of dollars are spent creating the, the idea that unless, unless you go buy all of this stuff, you're not a good parent. And it puts so much pressure on people. It puts a lot of pressure on people thinking, oh, if I don't do this, then, you know, my baby's not going to have what they need. And so it's not really seen as a what's best for the environment or best for my family or best for my house or my baby. It's more like, um, well, I guess it is. It's like what is best for my baby is stuff. Like that's the main message that comes through. And I really want to counter that for anyone who is listening. Stuff is not necessary for your baby. Some things are helpful for you and your family and essential, but most of the things that um, get advertised and marketed, I would say, uh, are designed to um, just 
you know, be, be money making enterprises and they don't really care if you have 25 duplicates of things or if they're not sustainably sourced, right? It's just, just stuff. And I, I want moms to not feel guilty. Like, please hear me if you're an expecting parent. Don't feel guilty if you don't have all the stuff. Like, sure, put your registry <laughs> together for your baby shower. Like, our traditions um, involve buying stuff. Like, have a party and everyone buys you stuff. That's cool. We'll put things on your baby list that I would just ask are, are thoughtful and question whether or not you, you really need it just because, like, your three friends had one. Well, not only that, Sarah, but I would add, um, think outside the box of the baby. You know, the shower should to, you know, in in plenty of cultures, this idea of a shower, which probably gets called a lot of different things in a lot of different places, um, isn't about the baby. It's about the parents. It's about you are going through a major transformation. We're here for you. Here's how we're going to help you. And sadly, in our culture, it's here's Here's what we're going to do to fill up your suburban house, which is already an unsustainable model. So, (laughs) uh, you know, if I could get to every woman in her first trimester or at the end of her first trimester, uh, every parent, couple or, or trio or whatever number of parents are looking to expand their family through adoption, et cetera, et cetera, I would be saying... Look into what your social, emotional, and physiological needs are going to be in the first three months of having a new little human being in your home. Look to those and ask for that. You know, it's just as valid of a shower gift to give somebody, you know, a cocoon subscription and offer to pay for a breastfeeding consultant consultation and throw some money in the direction of a postpartum doula and throw some money in the direction of a complete, you know, nutritious meal service. I think those are the things that people are going to benefit from. Right. I'm going to add I, I, cleaning I, I, service. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Somebody <laughs> to clean your bathroom. Yes, please. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Like all of those things. And and some of those things are something you can offer to do yourself. You know, you can come over to your, your friend's house and clean their house for them. You know, you can come over to your house and their friend's house and cook a big pot of stew for them. Um and some of those things are just going to be better done by somebody who really has has thoughtfully gone through and organized that. Um, and certainly uh, this little cocoon uh, uh, option is, it's very sweet. Thank it's very you. sweet and thoughtful. <laughs> I mean, just very dear. And, you and, know, it, and I yeah. just have to say, and I'm just so pleased that it's an uncle who got it together. <laughs> That's culture change right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's, uh, I mean, you know, it's, it's, um, I, I agree, you know, 200% with everything you said. And, and it's, it's that culture of marketing that um, I also think we're, we're sort of getting at the end of the cycle of, of that. Uh, we're still like in a way uh, stuck into it, but uh, I, you know, I, I, I think there's uh, the, you know, people are sort of ready to embrace other solutions, but they need to be real solutions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I get a little bit, um, you know, frustrated sometimes is, or, or like not necessarily frustrated, but I think it's, it's, it's very uh, unfair sometimes is that we, we say that, but then, you know, moms would go out in the world and uh, it would be an extremely difficult thing to implement. And sometimes, you know, they would implement it at at the peak of the motivation. And that's something we've seen a lot. Like, you know, you're expecting, you're having your baby and then, you know, you sort of make all this uh, better decisions and choices. Uh, And then, you know, three, six months down the road, reality kicks in (laughs) and, you, you know, reallocate because of budget or because of other reasons, you know, you go back to, you know, some of the previous habits. 
And so there's there's really two things we spend an enormous amount of time to try to uh, to put at the center of our model. One is, um, you know, what I call the sort of nutrition led approach, which is, um, you know, if you're experiencing something. So, for example, in 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 food, um, you know, if you're if you're eating empty, you know, calories, your body and your mind will keep asking for more. Uh, you know, please give me more sodas. Please give me more of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're, you know, if you're eating the right, um, you know, nutrient dense food, and you know, if you do that from the start, then then you have a much higher likelihood to be, you know, content. And that's what we try to do: is to say, if from the start you have that first layer of what you actually need, uh, then you know, by all means, you know, be uh, you know, go out there and, and, and buy a couple of things, you know, enjoy them, but you sort of will most likely be already content. You know, you already know you have most of what you need. Uh, and so, you know, that nice outfit that you're adding is, um, you know, you can be, you know, fully, uh, joyful about that. Uh, and you don't have to go overboard and, and, you know, being concerned that, you know, maybe you don't have enough because you're already, you know, you started on the right on the right path. And then the second thing is, you know, this idea that, uh, you know, the goal is not so much to make the right choice at one moment, but it's to have a, a, a solution that can sustain over time. Uh, and that's why it's important to have, um, you know, to have programs, not simply products and to have ways to say, you know, it's, it's going to be something, you know, will make it easier for you to, to commit and not necessarily, uh, you know, depend on your peak motivation, but by design, it's something easy to follow through, mm-hmm. uh, you know, versus having that, you know, peak motivation uh, and decision and then, you know, falling back uh, a few months after, which we've seen a lot. Ali, I'm going to ask you a question, not because I want it to be a scare tactic, but I'm just so Please. curious. <laughs> so why are some baby clothes so cheap? I mean, that's a temptation, right? You're, you're, the marketing says, okay, you have to buy all this stuff. And then you go out and you buy all this stuff, but you don't have all, very much cash because now you have to buy all these things. So you have to make your money stretch. So the temptation to buy cheap stuff increases. And then you have access to all these cheap, like you can get really cheap baby clothes online, you know, the pl- places that have like double flash sale, 50% off. And then they give you like coupons and they hound you all the time. But, like, why are those clothes? How could those clothes be so cheap? And what, when you say toxic, like what's the awful toxic stuff that's in there? I'm just, you know, curious. Sure. I mean, so, you know, the, the, on the first part, it's not necessarily specific to baby clothing. It's a general trend over the past, you know, 25, 30 years. There's been an explosion in, in, in the volume of clothes produced globally. So, you know, there's, uh, you know, 400% more clothes have been produced in, in the last two decades. Uh, and so that's, you know, even if you account for like, there's more people on earth, uh, it's still like an enormous uh, increase in, in how many clothes we produced. And that's, um, that's a shift in, in, in the model uh, of, of producing clothes and buying clothes, you know, fast fashion, uh, and so forth. And, and so what happens there is that something has to give. And so if we have a system where, you know, everything becomes disposable and we have an enormous amount of clothes around and they cost very little, uh, you know, they cost very little mainly for two reasons. One is that, you know, all the production has been moved to, uh, you know, developing countries. Uh, And, you know, we know a lot about, um, you know, the terrible sometimes working conditions, uh, the very low wages um, uh, and, and, and so forth. Uh, but you know it, it relies a lot on on, on sort of cheap labor uh, and also on on uh, on like uh, you know toxic uh, chemicals and we'll talk about that. Well, uh, Ali, can we just back up for a second and sure. say <clears throat> it relies not only on cheap labor. That's one way to put it. Yes. It relies on human rights violations. Absolutely. Okay, so. <clears throat> There was a saying for a certain amount of time, and I won't not name the company, but everyone knows who it is, that their mm-hmm. products are made for kids by kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Um, that's, that was, you know, nobody just made that up as the slogan. That's what was happening and still is happening. So I do think that, um, it's no small thing for parents to actually spend a minute and think about where your children's clothing will be coming from. And, and it happens in, 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 in fashion more actually than in other uh, sectors. So it's an extremely labor intensive industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and extremely fragmented, you know, so any retailer has like, you know, hundreds or thousands of, uh, you know, suppliers. And, and there's been for, <laughs> sorry, there's been for a very long time, this sort of, uh, you know, narrative of, um, you know, hiding behind the suppliers and not knowing exactly and like shifting the responsibility. Uh, and, you know, frankly, it's, um, you know, one thing I, I, I think that's really important to recognize is, um, you know, as much as we put um, knowledge and, you know, information out there, and there's a lot of, uh, um, you know, uh, you know, really great documentaries to watch on, on this, uh, there's also, it's important to understand how human psychology and decision making works. And, um, you know, it happens that this is not enough to you know, convert a big number of people to uh, people who would stop shopping here or who would start uh, really like um, um, affecting their daily lives on the basis of that knowledge. Right. Like, why would I buy one, I don't know, baby sleep sack that's like $50 when I could get three for that same price? And and I think that's what's hard about it. So if we could, if we could create the three baby sleep sacks that are high quality and organic and sustainably sourced and not made by people who are being abused, then, well, great. I think that would make it a lot easier, but it's really hard to shift away from just the feeling cash strapped aspect of it. Exactly. And like at the moment, what happens is, you know, there are some of these solutions out there, but they're, you know, they're, they're, they're the small part of the market. So, you know, I'll give you a number, for example, uh, you know, most baby clothes are made of cotton. Um, 99% of cotton is produced in a, you know, industrial um, um, sort of uh, chemically intensive way. Uh, and only one, not even like less than 1% is, uh, is organic. Uh, and cotton is where, you know, and that answers a little bit uh, your question around toxicity. Mm-hmm. Uh, cotton is, is, you know, where uh, most of the, uh, the biggest portion of pesticides uh, globally are used. So, you know, cotton is a crop that, you know, uses only three to 4% of, uh, of land, uh, globally, yet it accounts for, you know, 25% of, of the use of pesticides. So it's extremely, uh, intensive in, in, in pesticides. It's extremely intensive in water as well. Uh, so, but yet like organic still represents, you know, a really small, uh, a really small portion. And when you're a consumer, you're a mom, uh, obviously, you have, you know, as we said, tons of things to, uh, you know, get your head around. But even if you wanted to, um, you know, you would you would be challenged to find at the same time the right price, at the same time the the, the style that you like, uh, and to just you know know where to go. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you a, a little example. But a few months ago, I went to a, you know, to a really big like, uh, uh, you know, retailer here. Um, and, um, and like I go and I ask for, uh, or, you know, uh, baby clothing and, uh, and, and so they give me a hundred percent, uh, cotton, you know, clothing. And then I ask, but do you have organic, uh, cotton clothing? And then they say, yeah, this is it. Like hundred percent cotton is, is what, you know, is what they, uh, they call organic. <laughs> uh, and, and so, you know, that shows you how, how difficult it is for a consumer because even if this salesperson at the biggest shop or biggest retailer here uh, would tell you that 100% cotton is organic, uh, where most of the Which cotton is out there true. is not. Just, no, it's, it's just to clarify, yeah, yeah, you're listening, that's not true. But it's, it's not. It's uh, the opposite of organic. Exactly. It is one of the worst things we do in on the planet. It's a really terrible, terrible pesticides, herbicides, uh, soil sterilants. Uh, I can go on and on and on. 
And also, I want to just put it out there that I'm guilty of this too. Like, listeners, please don't feel like we're judging you. Don't feel bad if you've kind of fallen into the same trap as everyone else. But uh, I mean, I guess what we're trying to share is that there is an opportunity to to make that shift. Yeah, and exactly. you know, and, and and something I want to add to that, and I think it's it's uh, again going back to understanding a little bit, like you know, why we behave the way we behave. It's it's extremely important not to uh, you know make people feel guilty. And, uh, and to understand that, you know, it's, 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 it's by design, you know, made extremely, uh, difficult, if not impossible in most cases. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if we can design those solutions where we make it easier for people and more enjoyable and we solve for this and, and really the message here is those are things that we have like to take seriously. We, we shouldn't be scaring people because, you know, you, you'll never, uh, you know, have a, uh, like you know, it's it's not the 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 case that like one piece of clothing will will you know be very uh, harmful to you. But it's important to understand that what we're talking about is a, is an effect that happens, you know, across all the products that we have and and over time. And these chemicals, you know, combine with themselves and they create over time and across products. Uh, when you start to compound that with other things you have around. Um, and when you do it over a long period of time, it, it does have, you know, very serious effect. There's been a lot of, um, you know, really robust studies around that. So it's really important that we set up ourselves to detoxify our environment. It's no small matter, but at the same time, um, you know, we have to design those like, you know, really simple, really easy and very enjoyable experiences that, uh, you know, take care of that. The um the phrase baby steps comes to mind. <laughs> Very appropriate. Yeah. Well, Ali, I would just like you to maybe walk us through how to access your product. Sure. So uh, you can uh, you can find us on uh, on our website. So it's uh, www.upchoose. Uh, so it's u p c h o s e dot com um and so this is um uh the the website where you'll find the 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 service it's cocoon by upchoose uh we have a community on instagram as well um you'll find us at cocoon moms uh and so that's our community of of moms and everyone around moms who are you know working to uh to make this a reality uh and to build the community around that uh and then we're um you know, we we have uh, we we're launching. We've launched the service actually, so we're um, we're getting people in. We're onboarding new people into this uh, this program, um, and it's all uh, designed so that it it's uh, you know it's it takes a couple of minutes really on uh, on the website, and and you have a number of options. So you can decide that you know you want this for yourself, or you can decide that uh, you want to give that to someone, um, or uh, you can also, you know, have your your families, your friend, uh, come together and contribute towards, uh, you know, uh, onboarding you into the program. So it can be for the first time, uh, but it can be, you know, you can do it when you're uh, expecting. You can do it. Um, you know, it's something really interesting that we've seen as well. Is that, you know, sometimes um, if you're expecting or you just gave birth, you have a lot of these things around. But um, you know, we make it easy for someone to, for example on board um you know after three months or after six months they can really like catch the the train at any point in time and then we we uh, we grow with them um but uh, so yes you can you can uh, you can visit us on upchoose.com and thank you for so generously providing our listeners with a promotion so they can use fourth trimester cocoon as a coupon word all one word yes that's correct they have 25 dollars off Great. Well, thank you so much. Listeners, go check that out and share that with any new and expecting parents in your life. Um, we'll share that on our Facebook page and social as well. Ali, thank you so much for being a wonderful guest on our program today. My pleasure. I'm really thrilled. Uh, thank you for, for inviting me. It, it, it went really fast, so I <laughs> you know, really enjoyed it. Uh, and uh, please, uh, you know, yourself and obviously everyone who's listening, we'd love to, uh, to, uh, to be able to get to know you. You can, you know, please contact us. Uh, on our website for you know any questions it's it's you know we'd, we'd be happy to share 
more about all the research that we've done. Uh, this is obviously you know beyond the the, the solution we're providing. We want to you know be helpful to people to think about that transition uh, and to think joyfully and you know practically a- about it. So we, we're mm-hmm. you know here for that. Uh, so please do do reach out, even if you know only for questions. Um, we'd be happy to uh, to share our our thoughts and knowledge on that. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Ali. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. You can subscribe to this podcast in order to hear more from us. Thank you for listening, everyone. And I hope you'll join us next time on the fourth trimester. The theme music on this podcast was created by Sean Trott. Hear more at soundcloud.com slash Sean Trott. Special thanks to my true loves, my husband, Ben, daughter, Penelope, and baby girl, Evelyn. Don't forget to share the fourth trimester podcast with any new and expecting parents. I'm Sarah Trott. Goodbye for now.